Diane, it's 7.24 p.m. Welcome to another episode of Twin Peaks Peaks. My name is Ashley Brandt. My name is Olsen. Ugh. Because I only introduce myself by one name, because that's a normal thing to do. You know in TV shows when people have, like, intimate relationships and they keep calling each other by their last names? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I've not read the TV tropes page for that one. Uh, well. Like, give me an example. Like, jog my memory. House of, like, MD, Mulder and Scully in the X-Files. Uh... Every procedural drama that has ever been put on TV. Who does... Man, it's been too long since I've seen House. Does, who does House fuck? Does House fuck Lupus? Do House and Lupus get together? <laughs> it was kind of a will-they-won't-they they thing for a while there, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I didn't mean intimate, like, necessarily sexual, but, like, oh. a close personal relationship. Oh. So, like, House <laughs> and the guy who is... House and Wilson, but yeah, also Wilson. House and Cuddy, but also House and literally everyone else in that show. I mean, isn't part of the Hippocratic Oath that you uh, give up your first name? <laughs> At least on a professional basis. Got it, got like it. Like, if they're a doctor and you're a doctor, you only call each other Right, Dr. and that's why, that's why Dana Scully goes by Scully. Mm-hmm. And, and Mulder thinks that, uh, <laughs> that Fox is just a tool of government control, so he really doesn't like it. Um anyway uh it's it's back on also that show it is, is i'm something... not watching it no spoilies yeah also i don't like that phrase i don't know where you picked it up i think you need to wash your mouth out because spoilies <laughs> mm, it's mm, it see it seems like it seeped out of some internet sub community and meant something else at first and you just adopted it for spoilers but it means like it has some some kind of gut churning meaning behind it that was the whole point okay um well i watched an episode of that and no spoilers uh but it kind of like it kind of i think people are sort of mentioning these in the same breath too now no matter which way they feel about these x-files episodes is that it's making them wonder what twin peaks is gonna be like when it comes back because it's not a spoiler to say that the new episodes of the X-Files are set in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are cell phones and things mm-hmm. that... And they, there's there's uh, a general attitude that, yeah, like we all know the government's up to some bad stuff now. <laughs> These X-Files seem almost benign uh, in comparison. And uh, when we visited North Bend um, and we saw how that small town... Uh, at the foot of a mountain has changed and become kind of like a like a wine soaked sub suburb of like seattle like exurb it's like a it's like a beach town but it's in the mountains yeah that's a great way of saying it um do we think that that'll have any impact on what the character of twin peaks has become in the fiction of the show i don't know but I mean, the real question is, when are we going to get our invite to guest star in the new series? That's... Mm. Because we are clearly the Kumail of Twin Peaks. 
If that was your long con, Ashley, I'm sorry. It's Things are not looking super great for that. We've got six episodes of the show left. I don't even think we've gotten one cast member to tweet at us. We haven't been trying hard enough. Or at all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the real question, though, is... Do characters are characters going to be using cell phones all the time in Twin Peaks? Yes, please. Are we going to see Bobby take a selfie? Yes. Are we going to see him take a really good selfie? Yes. <laughs> Any other things that come to mind that you think will definitely like appear in the new series that will be like just like so beyond like so just w- wasn't a part of culture then? that like just will by necessity like have to be wrapped to be in part of it yeah <clears throat> i mean besides technology and like the internet well yeah i mean because that's the big one <laughs> well i mean they're, they're just building up for the reveal that bob comes from the internet bob yes! is actually the physical manifestation of internet comments yes! i can see that i can yeah. see that a lot i mean i don't know like what else would really the cream corn is a metaphor for youtube videos yes sounds right um i don't think twin peaks was ever like particularly like topical or like in tune with pop culture and i don't see why that would change especially because that's never been david lynch's mo yeah from the inside looking out it did not at all but then like then you have all the hilarious like fashion spreads with the whole cast yes uh looking very 90s and they don't in the show the closest we get is that that ben horn fila jacket i feel like um to a really like ooh, this pins it in a particular time kind of look Hopefully we'll have some looks to talk about this episode. I mean, this is an episode that actually has a runway scene. Ooh. Oh, you don't, you don't, you you think the opposite. Mm. Where do you want to start? I've got my notes this week in chronological order because I decided, oh. I, I came back around to deciding that that was a good idea and it's not. It's just patently not. It's never how our conversations flow best. Okay. Well, we're talking about episode 24 or... Season 2, episode 17, Wounds and Scars. <laughs> we just haven't said that yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just I saying, think... like, I, I was wondering if the pause was to see if I had a thought about the title, which is just like, nah, it's kind of lame. Okay. You're right. It is lame. Um, Why don't we start with, with the big thing? Norma's sister, Annie, arrives from the convent. Not that huge of a moment, though. The much-awaited arrival of Heather Graham. So, you knew, because you haven't seen these episodes, you knew that Heather Graham was in the show. Were you at all prepared for um, the fact that Heather Graham does look considerably younger here, but also, is this is just evidence, is definitely an immortal? Like... Heather Graham in 2016 looks like Heather Graham, like only a couple years after Twin Peaks was filmed, you would imagine. Yeah, Heather Graham in Twin Peaks, you could have told me that she was like an eighth grader and I would have believed it. <laughs> she just has like an ageless quality about her. Um, 
Yeah, I don't like that eighth grader comment though because she's like, immediately think... being established as a love interest. Six Fresh from the convent. Fresh from the convent. Pure undriven snow. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, kind of a stiff introduction. Like, walks in. Very ham fist. Norma's like, hey. And then they're like, remember that we have actually met another family member of Norma's before. So they're like, mom gets a brief mention. And mm-hmm. then Annie has this really awkward line that's like, we could either talk about mom or we could be happy. I choose option B. And it's like, there's no way that that doesn't sound like something you've been practicing on the bus ride the whole yes, way here. Yes, that's so real. It just seems super weird and forced. I can imagine like a Wes Anderson character saying it. A Wes Anderson character played by Luke Wilson. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's it's it. definitely a Luke Wilson line. Right? <laughs> um, not an Owen line, though. No. Because... Uh, Cause, you know, he sounds kind of, he would kind of put a funny spin on it, if you know what I mean. Definitely doing my Owen Wilson right here. Oh, got a little too southern there. Got a little too, now. You're oh, just going right into like Woody Harrelson and True Detective. Now he's got, now he's got some chew in his mouth. <laughs> okay. The True Detective, season three, starring Matthew Olsen. God. Which one, but which role would I be? Would I be the trying to be uh, Woody Harrelson or would I be trying to be Matthew McConaughey? Trying you? to echo that, yeah. If I was going to get cast, if some dumb casting director was going to cast me in their like attempt to save the true detective name, what what magic am I trying to recapture? Matthew McConaughey, but like only because... There's no way you can do like the all American, yeah, Marty Hart thing. Definitely not believable as that. Yeah. Someone asked me if I had plans to watch the Super Bowl this weekend, and I was just like, I didn't even know it was this weekend. Yeah, I didn't know until they announced the Puppy Bowl lineup. That's pretty on brand for you. <laughs> um, when I was at boarding school. There were, like, three floors, and each floor had a lounge, and the first floor was, like, really big and, like, had a nice TV, and the second floor was, like, cozy and had, like, a TV, and then the third floor was, like, a love seat, two mini fridges, and a, like, square, small TV, and so during the Super Bowl, like, the first floor would be, like, the most popular team, the second floor would be, like, the other team, and then the third floor would just be me and some other weirdos watching the Puppy Bowl. God, that explains so much about you. Right? Like, you wouldn't even watch the Super Bowl. Why Why would I, though? There's, like, like I don't know. I watched it last year, and I didn't really, like, follow the game. But I built a, a pyramid out of Montucky cold snack cans and uh, ate some good foods. Some good foods. Some good foods. And uh, just, like, bullshitted with friends most of whom weren't really paying attention to the game either like it's still perfectly enjoyable it's like a spectacle yeah i did that but i watched the puppy bowl yeah but that's just uh it's not even live it's pre-taped so they have kittens wait (laughs) this does this is starting to make less and less sense the kitten halftime show oh i see oh 
And the announcers are like little bunnies and blimps. Now, if you can find a way to get us back on the track of Twin Peaks, like give us a real good, smooth segue from Kitten Halftime Show back to the episode <laughs> at hand. <laughs> can you do it? Is it, impo- is it an impossible gap to cross? Um, are you going to ford this river or are you going to lose a few oxen along the way? Um, and by oxen, I mean listeners who clearly stop listening. <laughs> this boring ass episode um ooh, this is gonna be bad i'm gonna this is gonna be bad oh you're gonna turn you're gonna give it the old college try okay you know who looks like grumpy cat in this episode oh boy sheriff truman the opening to this episode (laughs) is so ridiculous and it goes on for so long because Two flashbacks into, like, two superimposed flashbacks over the whiskey glass into the opening of this episode. I mm-hmm. thought, wow, it looks like they used every scene of Josie and Sheriff Truman in the same place oh, and they did. already. But no, it kept, what I'm saying is I thought that, like, when they had two. And then it kept going, and I was like, no, literally. Literally, if I bet if I go back and count, every time they're on screen and they, like, touch or, like, kiss or anything... Those are all represented here. Just like every six episodes when they reminded us that like Josie and Truman are a thing. I think three superimposed flashbacks, tacky, but like you get it. It kind of like, it's kind of like the general rule of threes thing where it's like you show this, you show these two people. Yeah. And that's how you show like three acts or like Mm -hmm. an arc or something like that. It's a complete story. You show these people clearly like in love and lust whatever three times your audience gets it but this just nope spinning whiskey glass like every instance which also by saturating it that heavily kind of makes it feel like that's all that their relationship was like yeah. their relationship only ever existed on screen because it decides to show us literally every time we've seen them yeah that sounds very right do, do you think that that this segment thinks the audience is dumb and that's why they linger i think that this segment is trying to sell us the idea of a harry and josie relationship that i don't buy yeah one where they where harry didn't just immediately walk up and go no i need to kiss you right now (laughs) josie no no because that was like every scene right yeah Yeah, but, like, when she, like, left for Seattle or whatever, like, she didn't tell Harry where she was. Like, yeah, he didn't all seem to particularly care where she was. And now it's, like, Sheriff Truman has gone off the deep end. And this is not in his range. It's not in Michael Ontkeen's range. I'm sorry. It's not working for me. Are you telling me that the line delivery for... Get out of here! Go! <laughs> was not spot on. Was that a good one? Oh, how about this? Uh, oh, wait, no. It's still on this page, too. Where is it? Where's my line? I'm vamping for you. Um, vamping, line? Vamping. I should have threw away from here. Wait. Threw? What? <laughs> man, my handwriting is terrible. <laughs> I should have picked up Josie and thrown her over the state line. No. I should have taken her away from here. Like, it, sa- it it sounds, what does it sound like to you when Harry's angry? Like, because to me, it sounds like he's trying to frighten some birds off of it. 
off of an awning. That's so right. That's so right. It's so like play anger. You know what I mean? Like that's what it sounds like. Mm. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a second grader auditioning for their school's production of The Wiz, yes. and they have to be the Wicked Witch, and yes. they're just like, ah. <laughs> It's like if you took that Howard Dean scream from 2004 and just like slowed it down and then chopped and screwed it so it was like actual human words. That's like the most accurate comparison you could have made, I think. Yeah. Well, put a pin in that one. Um... Yeah, but I don't buy that this relationship, A, was that important to either of them, Mm -hmm. or B, that Sheriff Truman was like, delusional and obsessed enough to believe that it was deeper than it was yeah like those are the two options and i I don't buy either of them also where does he live why does he have so many books (laughs) well he's in the book house oh is he yes does he live at the book house Okay, this is where it's unclear, because I was thinking as I was writing down my notes, why is Harry not just at his house? Why? <laughs> the Bookhouse boys are, like, kind of taking shifts, checking in on Harry, which kind of, like, is a stretch already. But why yeah. at his house and not the Bookhouse? And why, if you're watching after Harry and you're worried about him, did you think it was a good idea to leave him with the large bottle of Jack Daniels? Yeah. Um, also not present on this week's food segment, Jack Daniels. That's an oversight. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. Thought about that after we had texted prior to recording this episode. I was like... And you just texted me, like, the shrugging emoticon in return? Uh, wait. Yeah, no, like, you asked, like, what's the food? What should I bring? And I was just like, I don't fucking, like, are we still doing this segment? We're... We're making an effort here. We are. We are. We are going to get get to that later. We should have done the Jack Daniels. But I didn't think about it until after I had those, after we texted. I wrote my notes, like, not that long ago. I've started getting on a cycle of watch episode, don't write notes, then, like, skip through episode, write notes. Because if it was good enough to enter my mind once, and then stay there on the second pass when I'm not actually watching the episode, it's worth writing down. Or if it jumps out at me as I'm skipping around, it means, oh, that's real deep. Now something's been triggered inside of me. Like, where the hell does Harry live? That was a, that was a <laughs> skipping around question. And then also, we know it's a book house because there's an exterior shot, but it's not an exterior shot of a house. It's of a sign that says the book house oh. just hanging in a tree. Oh. It's like a shitty sign that's literally hung, hanging off of a tree branch. What do you think is in the bookhouse library? Um, it's all just... And Hardy you're, Boys? No, you're going to be better with the actual like names here. It's... Uh, Call of the Wild. It's all going to be like shit like Walden. Uh, like Waldo It's all going to be like... It's going to be Emerson. <laughs> it's going to be Thoreau. It's going to like all the yeah. all the white men who went out into nature and like thought about stuff. And then were like, I'm yeah. changed now. It's a just a wall to wall that. Oh God, you're so right. Yeah. There's like a secret copy of Leaves of Grass. Yeah, and then the only the only thing that's changed at the bookhouse since then is that now there's like, I don't know, like some David Foster Wallace and 
and Jonathan Franzen books stuffed in there too because they decided to get a little more mainstream. In season three? Yeah. Like eating animals is on the shelf. Like Cooper's yeah. a vegetarian now. Mm-hmm. Also, is Cooper just a deputy now? Has he given up on his career in the FBI? I shit you not. That is a second that is a second skip through the episode question I wrote down for myself. What's Cooper doing now? How is Cooper... <laughs> Can I read your second question? Yeah, oh yeah, sure. Who is co- covering his bill at the Great Northern? <laughs> yes. Because here's the thing. A couple episodes ago, Cooper was considering buying real estate. You're right. And then he found cocaine at the property called Dead Dog Farm. Yes. And has made no move. We know this because in last episode, he was in his room at the Great Northern. He's made no move to like set himself up somewhere else, even though he's like preparing for a long stay. Presumably, he might have asked Harry, but I guess Harry doesn't have a house. <laughs> and maybe he could have stayed at the bookhouse, but now Harry needs to be locked up in the bookhouse with his be- buddy Jack Daniels. So he can't stay there either. So, like, where else is there for Cooper to stay other than why the fuck hasn't he gotten a house yet if he's so in love with being a deputy and wearing plaid? <laughs> like. Do you think Audrey is, like, fixing the books? Well, I would think, cover... like, logically it would be the FBI first, right? Yeah. They're not covering it anymore. They haven't been covering it for a few episodes. Yeah. So is this, is he just balling out? Just balling out. Maybe the rates at the Great Northern are actually really reasonable, but I doubt it because it's always packed. So. Yeah, it's always like there's always like uniformed groups doing <laughs> strange things in the lobby, <laughs> suggesting that they are booked. Yeah. Uh, are you disappointed that when we visited North Bend and we went to the Salish Lodge that we didn't walk in and immediately there were just like people bouncing red rubber balls on the floor? Yeah, yeah. Like that should just be like a constant fixture. I bought a fucking. Uh, pint glass that has an owl on it Aww. Uh, because of course I did and I wanted a little memento but like if they're gonna work the Twin Peaks angles that hard <laughs> they should just have like people who are really good at bouncing balls always in the lobby at midnight there's like a there's like a man with long gray hair who like climbs over a couch <laughs> <laughs> oh my god think of how fun it would be to oh my god now I really want to just go to the Salish Lodge, check in like a normal person, go to my hotel room, full Bob get up, and then just start stalking around <laughs> the hotel late at night. <laughs> oh my god. I would probably get murdered. Someone would probably flip out and murder me. We need like a tall old man to bring milk to people who haven't ordered milk. We need to get... A, it's like an Ocean's Eleven thing now. <laughs> we need a giant who can sneakily appear in people's rooms mm-hmm. we need a small person with a red wardrobe to dance yeah what else happens at the great northern <laughs> we need some swedes some norwegian people some nordic people i'm pretty sure david patrick kelly is not booked so if we could just get him to show up and Perfect. Eat, eat a brie butter <laughs> uh brie butter and no, it was well. It's in a baguette. <laughs> it's not a brie butter and baguette sandwich. No, that would be. <laughs> that's like that's like the layer of bun that's in the middle of the Big Mac. <laughs> it's it's a it's. A... Now imagine this: season three, 
Twin Peaks. Jerry arrives and he's right. eating a sandwich that's a baguette in between two baguettes. <laughs> we're going bigger. We're I going better. It. We got that Showtime money now. <laughs> we have HD digital uh, technology at our disposal. We can fit three baguettes on screen at once. <laughs> we're doing everything but talking about this fucking episode. Is that how unenthused we are? That's how unenthused I am. What was one thing that you... Hated? Yeah. Because if that's where your energy is coming from, tell me what you hated in this episode. The only thing... Okay. The only thing I actually had, like, strong feelings about was the scene where... um... Wait, hold on. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. And then after you're done talking about what you hated, I'll let you know whether or not I predicted what you hated. How are we going to ensure that you're being honest? I I trust you, but, like, the listeners won't know. The only other people listening to this are your mom and my mom. And I can't speak and for Scott. your mom, but I hope my mom trusts me. So, My mom probably trusts you too much. Yeah. So I think we're in, I think we're in safe company. Okay. Tweet at me if you trust me implicitly from listening to this podcast, please. <laughs> at Matthew Olson. At me if you trust me. I do genuinely think you know what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, the scene where Cooper is describing Josie's rap sheet and he's like, she was a murderer and then um harry's like whatever i loved her and then he's like well she also like was was like arrested for prostitution and harry like flips the fuck out Mm -hmm. murder's not the problem it's sex work yeah was that what you thought that's what real madelson thought joke madelson who butted (laughs) in in the first place just to set up this joke I was going to say, Billy Zane's cowboy hat. <laughs> also that. Take it off, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. That was another uh, late stage realization. It was always bothering me, but only until I was like, you know, scrubbing, uh, through, the scrubbing through the episode. Did I stop on his cowboy hat and go, take it off. Take it off. Because it somehow makes his... And don't take this the wrong way, Billy Zane fans. And I don't mean this to be like... He has fans? Hurtful. Okay, that's rude. (laughs) But Billy Zane has fish lips. His, His lips, I don't think they're particularly large. And yet... They're probably the like, and he's got like, and he's got like kind of like those like stereotypically like romance novel cover dreamy eyes, but he's got a pair of lips that just kind of overshadows that. And somehow the combo of lips and bad cowboy hat makes him look like he's just like perpetually, uh, how, how do I paint a word picture for the podcast? Um, I mean, first you should have watched the episode, so you shouldn't, you should have already gone like, oh my God. Billy Zane looks like he's like when he puts a cowboy hat on, it's like the the brim of the cowboy hat artificially closes the distance between you and Billy Zane. And it looks like he's already (laughs) leaning in for a kiss that you don't want to accept. Fair enough. That's what it is. That cowboy hat is like a link between you and Billy Zane that you don't want. If you Google Billy Zane cowboy hat, you can find him wearing cowboy hats in multiple roles. Fuck. This has been like a fixture of his career. Fuck, he's no. Do they are they always bad? Eh, a lot of them are from after he lost his hair. 
<laughs> so that explains something. Yeah. Um, it's just so crazy. Like, he looks like he was always bald. And then you see him with hair and you're like, no, that's, that's correct. <laughs> From a distance on your phone, he looks like Pitbull. <laughs> just, because he's, just because he's bald and wearing an all-white suit in that photo. That sounds right. That's correct. Hey, uh, Audrey, have you, uh, have you ever heard this? Uh, Are we just breezing past the thing that I brought up? And what is what more is there to say other than this show has failed us once again by not having a progressive stance on things like sex work? Like it's it's like it's can this... I explain it for the benefit of my mom? <laughs> oh yeah, no, totally. If that's like if that's what <laughs> the setup here is, yeah, I yeah. Also, not a spoiler, but like the X Files in 2016 had a had a small moment where it's like. Wow, look at how far we've come and yet not far at all, right? Um, and, God. Did you know Billy Zane was in Titanic? Did not. Did not. Because I've never did seen you know Titanic. Did Back to the Future? Uh, what? Yeah, Back to the Future 1 and 2. Who, who does he play? I don't know. I'm just looking at his known for section, and it's Weird. Titanic, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, something else. Because... I haven't seen Titanic, but uh, I've seen Back to the Future. Fuck, is he part of Biff's posse? Maybe he's part okay, of Biff's posse. I have not posse. seen Back to the Future, so we're okay. There's some just some huge problems here. We're trying to talk about how Twin Peaks has fucking God. Yeah, well, it's like on the one hand, the way it's being played is, or the way they're trying to play it, which is just not working on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sorry, Michael Ankeen, but you're not helping this material sing either. Is he's really beat up about Josie? He can't think straight. Right. Uh, Hawk says that weird throwaway line. Josie had a power. Uh, like, yeah. Like, I, I mean, we already have established with the middle Wilford uh, that like women can just have uh, the, like a plot dulling effect, I guess, where they just make uh, all the characters really dumb uh, cardboard cutouts. Yeah, so I guess they're sirens. Yeah, so I guess that effect on uh, Harry was without Josie around, he's just gonna start yelling and not making a whole lot of sense. <laughs> have one note anger. Yeah. So so obviously so what was wrong with that line um was a the idea that like a woman being with another person like ruins her value for a male partner or whatever mm-hmm. um and but it's, it's like the intent is coming from Cooper to say that right yes yeah well it's, it's not even it's bad enough that it's like being leveraged yeah but cooper's like oh so you're not worried that she was a murderer well what if i try this out on you to <laughs> get you to I come told around you <laughs> and it's just like that's fucked up if it was just part of like josie's ra- like you know rap sheet that'd be one thing well you, like however they said it in this context it would still be being used to shame her mm-hmm. yeah but then Cooper is trying to shame her in order to bring Harry around to his way of thinking, yeah. which is even fucking worse. Like, good job. Go read your Tibet book in the diner later and tell yourself that you're a good person, Dale. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's also weird because, um, I mean, A, like, power to Josie. If she's, like, out there getting that money, however she is getting it, it is within her right. But... They've, like, never alluded to her, like, doing sex work. Yeah. 
we don't know what fucking cri- we know that she like killed some people. We don't know what the nature of Josie's criminal enterprise that got her involved with uh Eckerd and uh Packer like at all. Like we yeah. really don't know. And I liked not knowing. I, when they when they actually forced that into the foreground, I didn't like not knowing. Because then all we know is that there was like a possessive relationship there, right? Like it, you know, by by not actually filling oh. in on like what, like how much power did Josie wield? Oh no, I'm going back to like okay. early, early before yeah. before those two chuckle fucks arrived on the scene. Oh yeah, I'm going back before yeah. then. When no. she, when when it still seemed like Josie could have been like when at the top of the chain. When it's Josie in the mirror at the start of the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, that was her high point. Before they just like start making every other scene with Josie not that great. Save for ones with Pete or the one with Ben. Like Yep, that's yeah. it. Um Josie scenes with Catherine. Not enjoyable. Ooh. Worse? Catherine scene with Jones. I don't care about either of these characters. Yeah. Ooh. Jones is just someone we've literally seen check into the Great Northern and now we're gonna get a scene between her that's supposed to establish who she is and why she's here. Uh, still um, on Ecker's behalf. And then with Catherine, who's just going to be like plain old Catherine, just like vaguely threatening, but not really. Also, you left your damn front door open. So like, what kind of criminal are you? Yeah. Why is Catherine so like unnecessarily accepting of her enemies in her personal space? Yeah. Like if she's supposed to be like intimidating and like, Pulling, pulling the strings in town. I get that she keeps Ben around because Ben sucks on her toes. And it's like... They have a complicated relationship. <laughs> well, There's it's mostly no toe-based. No one else in town It's mostly crime them. and toe-based. It kind of comes down to two things. Yeah. They were just like both, <laughs> they were just like both on Tinder. Each of their, their bios said like, into foot stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I wish I could uh, quote that that Kanye tweet right off the top of my dome. <laughs> Which tweet are you talking about? Uh, the, the one where he's like, "I never, I never did anything in that area. <laughs> <laughs> I never did anything in the foot area." <laughs> um, so yeah, Catherine and Ben, they got their Quentin Tarantino thing going on, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, Catherine and Pete is now like, there's there's nothing going on there. Um, also because Pete like is finally like wrapped into another plot line. Thank um, God. given something to do. Yeah. And I guess Andrew is just like chilling inside the walls right now. Just like, haha, I had my my nemesis killed. Cool. <laughs> That's just like Guess I'll wait another month before I tell <laughs> the town that I'm alive. That's just like where he feels the most comfortable now. Yeah. Well it's like I get that he's gonna have to like wait for things to blow over but no amount of time is gonna pass where he's gonna then reemerge and like truman's gonna be like oh no this is totally fine maybe better to come out now while truman is preoccupied honestly yeah and we still don't know if dale really has any true deputorial powers i don't know if deputorial is a word let's say it is it sounds nice thanks deputorial um so really who's gonna stop andrew packard if he was really going for a power grab now is the time the, the only hawk one... only has so much time hawk only has so many uh things that he can throw <laughs> to stab people with um 
fuck like what's gonna stop andrew packard like the show ending in six episodes like there's nowhere for that character to go yeah uh because that character was literally like Catherine's whole like machinations are also extremely vague like she wants ghostwood because money that's it like and to fuck over ben but sort of kind of not like does andrew packard also want ghostwood to be a thing uh like what's what's what is he invested in i don't fucking know he's just he's i honestly like i would i would get it and i would identify so hard if he like had his like evil villain like speech where he's like and i've done everything in my power and allowed for the attempt on my life to happen and went into hiding and pulled strings from the backgrounds all so that i could reemerge one day and then spook everybody be by being i'm alive i'll get up all up in their faces and just every resident of twin peaks i had any connection to at any point i'll go up to them individually and go i'm alive and it's gonna be so awesome that it's totally worth my entire life's investment in it like that would make him a person and a crazy person but an unhinged person motivation (laughs) yes and a very one that you can get on board with. Let's wait. Let's go like character by character and and, and see if we can identify a motivation. Fuck, this is bad. I know, but let's try. So Andrew Packard, big question mark, just wants to stay in the walls for the rest of his life. Yeah, uh, vaguely power of some sort. All right. From behind the walls. Yeah. Um, Catherine uh be the top player in twin peaks taking that throne from ben horn um like and if you play it at the angle of like it's it's small town drama and that's like that is like the most important thing to the small town then sure but Mm -hmm. there's also like magic shit happening in the woods so seems pretty insignificant on a cosmic scale yeah especially considering we haven't seen Catherine and ben really have conflict in a while yeah uh pete just kicking it (laughs) living out his golden years yeah that's a fine motivation yes okay spread chest to the to the dullards of twin peaks um okay dale okay complicated find purpose in life that seems like something he's trying to do sure Maybe by just pursuing another woman, not the not not no. not the the answer. You need a little bit more self actualization there, Dale. Uh, and I guess stop his his uh, insane two bit Joker ex partner from killing. We more gotta people. put a pin in that. I want to come back to that. All right. Um, Sheriff Truman yelling at people. Hawk. Again, just kicking it. Just like <laughs> he found the one job that uh, lets him quasi legally occasionally just like kill throw, people, throw a knife into a dude's back. And when he's not doing that, he just gets to be like the most like he gets to play the role of I'm going to say the wisest sounding thing in the room, but it's not necessarily going to have that much substance. His girlfriend, Diane Shapiro phd brandeis is just like sending him these lines oh my god yes. try out this one. Oh my god yes let me know how it goes 
But you mean Lucy, right? Yes. <laughs> Andy Brennan. Um. Well, become mayor of Twin Peaks one day. He's yeah. clearly fit for it. You yeah, saw what the mayor looks like. True. Andy is on that path. Mm-hmm. He's also trying to learn some chess. Yep. Trying to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Lucy. Um. Mm, mm, got it got it and this goes jointly uh with uh with audrey but she doesn't know it yet um is open twin peaks first sweater museum all right all right fair enough it's like a collection of really dope sweaters and it's gonna be the new tourist attraction all right all right everyone's favorite character dick tremaine um fuck me I don't know. I can't even make up a joke one. There's, there's. What about Pinkle? What's Pinkle doing here in this episode again? Why is um, Squeaky in this saving episode the again? Weasel. Um. Okay. Ben Horn. Um. Just be evil as fuck, and honestly, fine. That's that's just mustache twirling. Yeah, mustache twirling, feel a jacket wearing. Celery eaten. Celery eaten. Civil War reenacting. Ugh. Evil. Um, Jerry. Jerry's gone. That was another <laughs> question. I don't know if you saw my list of questions, but where's Jerry? <laughs> and this gets back to the Pinkle thing. I think if we keep running down this list of whose motive is what, we should talk about Earl's motive this episode. I We're coming back we're to gonna that. We're going to come back Remember? to that. But let's address, uh, let's address both of these questions because it's... Where are these characters? These are characters that I can't talk about motive with right now because they're not here. Okay. Who are they? Where's Jerry? Yes. Where is he? He was in the last episode. He's back in France. He's importing some cheese. Is the, is that this, illegal this cheese. This motherfucker Thomas Jefferson? Why has he got so much business in France? <laughs> Why is he always to and from France? He's not a fucking ambassador. You can get baguettes here, Jerry. Self-appointed ambassador. Yeah, I guess if you go to Gonzaga and graduate bottom of your class, you can just fly out to France all the time. Yeah. Um, because imagine how much better, and not to not to slight David Lander, mm-hmm. but the scene with the pine weasel would be much better if instead of Pinkle, it was Jerry. Yes. You're so right. Thank you. Okay, who is the other character that... So is James just gone now forever? Oh, fuck! <laughs> you didn't even remember... <laughs> You didn't I even was remember okay with it. our motorcycle boy. <laughs> so he is just driving as far as possible from Donna. Yeah, smart move. I He's gotta say, finally gotten some sense into him. <laughs> now I want to re-edit these these six episodes of Twin Peaks without James. Um, to to at some at multiple points throughout the episode. Remember the episode <laughs> that opens with the. Just have that shot of him driving down the highway. Just kind of cut into the episode between scenes. Like, what's James up to? Oh, sometimes play it backwards. Motorcycles just like, like mirror it so it seems like he's driving a different stretch of road. Uh, do some day for night effects on it. Ah, oh, fuck! I need to make this happen. Yeah, you should release this on Vimeo. Oh fuck! 
<laughs> okay, we got a we got we have many characters to cover. Audrey, what is her motivation? I thought we were done with motivations. I'm sorry, I thought we were, were already you, nope. scraping the bottom of the barrel. Okay, what's Audrey up to? What does she want in this world? Vis-a-vis our conversation last week, Audrey at this point just like has dropped out of high school A. Mhm. And wants to learn the family business B and is fine with her dad still being a scumbag C. C. And wants to kiss Billy Kish? Kish. <laughs> wants to kiss uh, Billy Zane's fish lips. D. D. E has totally forgotten about Cooper. But no, because he's like, there was someone. But she says that in the most inconsequential way. Yeah. Which it's just like, why even bring it up then? Bobby? What's Bobby up to? Uh, what does he want? Why is Bobby not in this episode? Good question. He has been at Ben's side through that entire plot line. Did Ben wake up from his fugue state and say, "Why the fuck are you here?" No, he should have been in the he should have been in the fashion show, show though. He should have had no, some plaids on. Dana Ashbrook. Yeah. Um, Doc What's Hayward. Sh- Shelly up to? I I went first. Doc Hayward. I'm supposed to do Doc. You're Hayward. supposed to do Doc Hayward. What is Doc Hayward doing in this episode? Doc Hayward is trying to fuck shit up. He is fucking... He is messing with everyone who he comes across. What do you mean? Like, give me an example of when he's doing this. Is he in this episode? Yeah. Because Wyndham Earl drops by pretending to be his dead roommate. Oh, Doc Hayward. For some reason, I was thinking of Jacoby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, that's spot on for Jacoby, though. He's just using his, his, like, credentials to ruin lives left and right. Yeah. That's very true. I started watching this show, Unreal, and it's, like, a take on The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. um, like, behind the scenes of The Bachelor. And on set at this fake Bachelor show, they have a psychologist with files on every contestant who will, like, get on the walkie and then, like, tell a producer, like, she was adopted. Use it against her. Jeez. And that's what I picture Jacoby doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's yeah. like going through. He has a file on everyone. It's all in there. And he just picks a file and he's like, I'm fucking with this person today. Okay. Um, but let's let's try and imagine this happening to a character that we haven't actually seen it happen to in the show. So how does Jacoby go about fucking with hawk with hawk yeah with hawk he um (laughs) points out the fact that hawk is the um one of the few non-white people in town and makes him feel very alienated that makes jacoby seem downright evil i yeah that's what i was going for i mean i don't feel like he's like that obvious about it right now he's in the process he of trying to Hawk get against the rest of the sheriff's department so hawk can stage a hostile takeover look that's some donna level shit okay i, I don't think jacoby's quite there <laughs> in terms of ruinous plots all right oh no jacoby is secretly diane shapiro phd brandeis are you now shipping jacoby and hawk <laughs> no they okay, oh. they meet on a fake dating site they meet on a, on a dating site and it's jacoby now that's 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 some good theory uh okay so you were asking me shelly uh well Well, i also like didn't answer (laughs) the doc hayward (laughs) you didn't fucking but i think he's just like 
popping Doc up Hayward places. Never sleeps, wants to be in everyone's business, knows where everyone is at all times, and is just running from person to person. Just trying to keep up with the news in town, trying to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, clearly, the way to bait uh, bait out where Wyndham Earl is is publishing the newspaper. Earl, whatever you do, don't go somewhere accompanied by a doctor. And then Earl will be like, that's easy. I'll just sit in my spook cabin. And then who's there sitting at the table <laughs> is Doc Hayward because he's just been willed into existence. And then he then he makes like a makes like a bird call and they know where to find <laughs> Wyndham Earl. Um, so what's Shelly up to? Well, this is the thing. So Shelly last episode had her arm still in a sling. You're right. And is now perfectly fine this episode. You're right. So clearly she's been gifted some fucking Claire from Heroes powers. You're right. Uh, and uh, is just like testing out the ability of her uh, regenerative uh, capacities. Testing yeah. the limits of her capacities. She's yeah. like sticking her hand in like the coffee pot. <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Some real Blade Runner shit. Yes. What is Norma up to? Trying to rebuild a life, though. But, like, that's real. Like, she's trying to, like... She's the only person with a real motivation. Ed's motivation is, I want to divorce my wife who suffered a head trauma. Yeah. Uh, Nadine's motivation is, I'm trying to bone this 18-year-old. Yeah. Mike's motivation is, trying to bone Nadine. <laughs> Let's just talk about that. Yeah. All right? Because you didn't know this plotline was coming in this way. Oh, God, I didn't. I, I really told you, didn't. I told you, this isn't the last scene of Mike. Did you at all think the next scene that you saw Mike in was going to be him checking in to the Great Northern with Nadine in disguises so they could fuck? No, no. There was no buildup to that scene <laughs> at all. That's where this goes. I've been riding with that the whole time we've been recording this show. Is like from the fucking pilot when we see Mike, all I can think of is Mike in the, like old man coat and hat <laughs> oh my god what's their fake last name again oh i almost took down a note of it it's not i'm getting it mixed up with pinkle i want to say it's like hinkle or oh it's something Hinkle. Like that. hinkleson Hink, hinkle I think it's hinkle so, something like that might as well be that something patently made up yeah uh there are other places for them to bone Apparently not. There are, though. Maybe they don't have the structural integrity required by Nadine's... That's true. Like, they've already tried passion. it. They've already tried it in Mike's car, and now, Ugh, like, the now door's now it's off on, the hinges. It's on cinder blocks yeah. in his front. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally true, though. Like, if we were to see that scene, God forbid, at some point, Nadine's going to just break something off the car. Yeah. At this point. Nadine breaks the bell, which actually, like, I think the smashed-in bell is a great visual, like, gag. Uh, also, this is our concierge. The concierge is like, Audrey Horn, you oh, don't know what the right. fuck you're in for. You're and right. you know what? This scene proves him exactly right. True. <laughs> he deals with this shit on the regular. Oh, time to go buy another new bell. Also, like, why are Mike's classmates, like, hanging around the hotel? What are they doing there? I also, they live there. At a certain point, you have to assume that there's only two restaurants in town. And a huge hotel. Sorry. No, three restaurants in town. Okay. Do you know what they are? The diner. Uh-huh. 
There's some kind of establishment at the Great Northern. Mm-hmm. This is a deep cut. If you've been if you've been watching carefully, Ashley, you know what I'm referring to. Is it the one that Donna and James go to? Yes. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, the dimly lit diner with one wall. <laughs> yes. That is the third restaurant in Twin Peaks. And you can get you get why it's not a popular spot. Yeah. Also, a real slight uh, by Norma's mom that she rated that place higher than the double R. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, are we done with doing character motivations? Because I really... There was more. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And God forbid we try to talk about the rest of this episode then because we've gone okay, here is pretty a long question. down that path. Here is a question. Why won't Dale just go after Wyndham Earl? Why is he just waiting for Wyndham Earl to kill people? Because um, he's caught doing all the paperwork from Josie dying. That's a bummer. Yeah, I don't know. Man, Wyndham Earl got lucky this episode because he walked into the double R in his like biker rocker getup, and yeah. then Dale happened to sit down, which it didn't seem like he planned for. And God forbid it happened last week when he walked in just with like a fucking like high school production of a play, <laughs> uh, fake belly on underneath his trucker clothes, like <laughs> because I'm pretty sure Cooper would have seen through that disguise. True enough. Well, we don't even know at this point. He's not in the FBI anymore. <laughs> His skills are just like real deteriorating dull. rapidly. Uh, he found the one book on Tibet in all of Twin Peaks, even though he's probably read all of them and decides to just sit down at the diner. It's like, look at look at the fucking guy giving you the stink eye across the way, who's definitely Wyndham Earl with a fake beard on. Like, you got this, Dale. You fucking got this. His disguises are just so good. When he comes to Donna's place, he's got that, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm an old man eyeshadow on <laughs> his eyes, like, to accentuate his cheekbones. But it really looks like really bad stage makeup. It really does. And, of course, of course, Donna would let Wyndham Earl into the house. Well, she was just like, hmm, you seem kind of, like, chaotic and evil. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's on my wavelength. Sure, it's fine <laughs> that you come in here. It seems like you've been responsible for the deaths of some people. I feel like we have a lot in common. Come sit on the couch. Tell me about my dad. Season three, Donna's the one living in the cabin, mm. planting bodies around Twin Peaks. I could she see was it. Wyndham Earl's apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's all a big As Audrey trains up with Denise. Oh boy. Love it. At first, your ideas for season three were sounding really good, but now this is kind of sounding like a um, like a darkest timeline fan fiction. Uh, Fair enough. Boy, oh boy, there was a picnic, another picnic scene that was just like so boring. We also glossed over the fact that Josie apparently weighed sixty five pounds. Oh when yeah, we she need died. to get to that. Yeah. What do you think that means? Her soul weighs. <laughs> I don't don't like, get don't guess it. You don't need to guess a number for that. Yeah, weighs whatever. Weighs the the rest of her weight. Yeah, um, the weight of a normal human woman. <laughs> Alternatively, 
Man, Twin Peaks, you gotta invest in a new scale at that morgue. <laughs> True. That's just what it is. It's just been broken the whole time. Ah, uh, sorry. We forgot to do the math. We're supposed to add a certain amount to <laughs> whatever it is. Laura's, like, weight upon death was also 65 pounds. It was freaky. Um, I just don't know how it happens. Yeah. Well, you know, it used to be a simple, simple town. It used to be. They didn't even have a judge in town. What happened to him where did he go drank one of those fucking devil blue drinks <laughs> while driving his rv down the <laughs> down the old dusty trail and was never seen again uh oh boy also wait okay this might be like a watching comprehension problem what happened with the meeting of the angels like what happened <laughs> i feel like i missed something uh I mean, that was just Earl creeping on him all oh, for some just, reason. All, oh, I kind of thought something spooky was going to happen. Well. Like the last time people assembled at that bar. Mm, yeah. Is that bar the fourth restaurant in Twin Peaks? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, do uh, do pickled eggs and cold cuts serve as uh, like Peanuts? actual restaurant food? Yeah. Do we count it for that? Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, it's the fourth restaurant. Um, yeah, the only other thing to talk about is the fucking weasel plot and fashion show. Fuck. As far as I can tell, we've kind of actually touched on everything else, despite trying to catalog why people in Twin Peaks do what they're doing. There's just not a whole lot to talk about. I know. Do you like any of the the, of the, looks? the looks, either no. on the runway or off the runway? I do not not audrey's not sporting a look this episode wasn't a look to me okay it wasn't they haven't been doing her any favors recently mike and the old man get up not kind of like you know stately and charming (laughs) (laughs) that could be a look but that's that's scraping the bottom of the look barrel yeah well we, we do have one last thing to talk about and it's twin peace best duo the the two people that when you see them on screen together the chemistry is just undeniable it's electric it's so amazing i ship them so hard you have to fill in this gap here um listeners if you can't tell this deep into the podcast run half of what i end up saying is just to try and stump (laughs) ashley as a setup to my dumb dumb joke and this is a perfect example of that. It's I don't know if that helps you along the way. It's not Ed and Nadine. It's not that. No, I'm done with them. It's not Audrey and uh, John Justice Wheeler. They're in the diner this episode. It is Dale and Annie. No. It's not. Okay. They're in the diner this episode. Shelly and Norma? No. No. Then they're at the <laughs> sheriff's station later. Andy and Lucy. This is go. This is going great. I really hope you know who I'm trying to do, and you're just playing this bit out. They uh, they have something in common that they discover this episode. The white light involved. Oh God, yes, I do have a note about that. Major Briggs and the Log Lady. Yes, it's actually a threesome with the log, a trio. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no i don't want to think about that too hard we all three recalled the light Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Getting a little dusting of the the kind of supernatural strange happenings plot line in this episode. Which just makes all the Wyndham Earl stuff the more disappointing. Now, what did you True. want to circle back around to with Wyndham? Nope, that was the qu- the the question is why isn't Cooper pursuing him? Oh, that was that was it. That was it. Oh shit. Well, no, because like he's he's a lawman. He was an FBI agent until pretty recently, and his his method for keeping people out of harm's way is playing along. Don't you think? It would have been so much more interesting if Earl was played as like was played as like an evil version of Cooper. There's a small hint at this, which is his dumb speech, I think last episode, about the flute he makes and how the flute was used by the samurai when they had their weapons taken away because they were like, it's effective as a cudgel. He's got this weird kind of white guy like fascinated with Eastern culture thing going on that Dale does from a different angle and that's like the one parallel i've been able to draw between them and then i was like wouldn't it be so much better though if Wyndham earl rather than be this like lame joker ripoff who shows up in disguises like we saw him plotting his evil moves with like similarly like kind of like out there methodology like he's doing his evil version of throwing the stones at the bottle to try and decide what his next move is. Okay, yes, I see where you're going, but also I feel like we don't need more white men fetishizing. We don't n- pan Asian culture. No, we don't need that. We don't need that at all. Ever. But but it would, would be, be more interesting. That would be a step up from I'm just going to kill people according to this chess game. Also, what is beeping? It's not me. This is your room filled oh, with God. your many things. <laughs> Everybody, if that? you heard a small beeping, it's a laser thermometer. I can. How? Why do you have a laser thermometer? How warm is Ashley's knee? Ashley's knee is 83 degrees Fahrenheit. I have a laser f- thermometer for making t shirts. Oh. You have to be able to, to, to do it profesh. Not that it super helps sometimes. Um, you have to be able to tell at what temperature the ink is at. And. Your knee yeah. is 80 degrees. Yeah. It's actually maybe just adjusting to the ambient temperature. Yours 79 is degrees. Yeah. 78 degrees. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what yeah, was beeping. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. It's better to have one of these around when you're making t-shirts than ju- just to like look at when the fucking starch in the shirt starts to evaporate off and become fumes. Like, yeah. better to pull it before that happens. Fair enough. Um... Something, something, windmill, something. Just anything to actually make it seem like there was like a reason for those two to be working together, rather than yeah. us getting it all through exposition. Like if this seemed like a precursor to Cooper in any way, that'd just be more interesting. Yeah, one hundred percent. And if they were gonna do flashbacks instead of doing Carolyn's superimposed face over sad Cooper, mm-hmm. do a flashback to these two dudes working together, so I can at least contextualize yeah. this. Yeah, and if you're not gonna do that, then just give me this scene. And then Carolyn's face comes up. Exactly. All right. Uh, you got some notes for us on the episode. 
and um actually have i told you that i once met someone who said that these are like the these episodes are the best yes you did okay when that was originally posited to me as an opinion that someone could have about this show Uh uh-huh i pictured these episodes as much darker and more interesting (laughs) okay and they actually are and the truth is just like no no they're so lackluster I I I don't think we've talked about this at length on on the show but the reasons why people who aren't such killjoys like us mm-hmm. like Twin Peaks mm-hmm. um and I think a lot of it oftentimes comes down to this just love of the weird just like I'm watching this thing on television that's just weird and when that's the strength of the argument or or the strength of the attraction that is it doesn't really matter to people necessarily if it's david lynch style like you know pacing and and iconography and 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 all, all those kind of elements or if it's save the pine weasel it bit him on the nose see i don't think kind that's of. weird but it's like it, this is also a show where like that's like the weird comedy thing and i and weird is now in air quotes when other parts of the episode are just like so tonally different i will say that this episode is more tonally comedy than it is anything else yeah um not the least of which harry's yelling uh see i just don't think that the this stretch of episodes is like weird in an interesting or like profound way it's like the first thing that someone thought of as they were like warming up you know right. what i mean there's like like there's weirder stuff out there yeah there is a lot of weird shit out there and this is not that weird yeah I just like so you still got you still got all these different elements at play, mm-hmm. and it seems like that's enough for some people. Like here are some actors I like, and there's stuff sort of happening, and not all of the stuff is related or seems related. Like there's people who seem to have been abducted, and there's this like also like kind of a shame they're kind of back on the whole like you know small town ecological like you know disruption themes with the pine weasel plot line a little bit but it just like doesn't hit as well as it does when it was just like the ghostwood estates Mm -hmm. and in the the first episode or first season Mm -hmm. so there's you still got as many plates spinning but they're like really lame plates now yeah they're profoundly lame yeah they're first draft plates (laughs) what does the first draft plate look like it looks like the plate okay. I would make if you gave me some clay and said, like, make it in, like, an hour and put it in the kiln. Yeah. Like, just, real lumpy and bad. just the first thing that comes to mind, and then you put it in the kiln, and you see that the 12 other people who were silently working in the same room all did the same thing. You all had the same thought yeah. and didn't push it any further. Yeah. Oof. Like a weasel bite someone on the nose. <laughs> you You could have put that scene you know without the weasel biting someone on the nose thing in front of five novice screenwriters Mm -hmm. people who'd never written a script before but were like i'm really into movies and screenwriting 
and at least four of them would have turned in that same idea. Yeah. <sighs> Boy, we're not being too positive right now. Who directed this episode? His name is James Foley. Does that sound familiar to you? Get out of here, James! No. Uh. Um, he actually directed Glenn Gary Ross. Oh. And he's going to direct Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't feel bad about being so hard on this episode now. Yeah. Uh, so this episode was written by Barry Pullman, who's written before. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first episode to air after Twin Peaks was pulled off of the air for about two months. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so if you're waiting for your favorite show to come back. You have no idea if it's going to ever air. And this is oh. what you come back to. Yeah. That's a little disappointing. Like if like if the unaired episodes of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment twenty three were like big bang theory level quality. Hmm. Hmm. It's pretty sad. Now I just wanna say we're very critical on this show. I would rather watch these episodes of Twin Peaks than any episode of the big bang theory are we in agreement yes okay good we're look we don't hate ourselves here yeah. all right we're not watching like in alternate universe matt and ashley thought it was a good idea to start a big bang theory hate podcast and then those <laughs> alternate universe cells are dead now they're dead that's the darkest timeline <laughs> for us truly yeah um in any case, um, there weren't a lot of posts on the message board. It seemed like about a week's posts had been erased again. I could mm. see responses, but no starting conversations. Nobody else chiming in on my OTP? No. Log Lady X. Major Briggs. X Major Briggs. Yeah. X Log. Slash. Slash Major Briggs. Yeah. Um, so that, that about... Wraps it up, yeah. I think. Uh... This has been a dark, sad episode. I used to think that, like, liking these episodes was, like, a valid opinion to have. It's not. If you prefer these episodes, you are wrong. (laughs) I'm going to need you to tell me who told you they like these ones more after the episode's done. I'm going to need you to put them on blast, but, like, off the airways. To give the listeners some context... This was one of those people who, like, has bad taste in everything. Like, <laughs> likes weird food. Like, is a very contrarian. What's weird food mean? Like. Tread lightly. Like, um, like, this is not this exact person, but this is the same class of people. Like, someone who's really into Mad Dog. Oh, Mad Dog 2020? Yeah. Oh. Like, as an irony thing or, like. They like mm. the taste of Mad Dog 2020. Both. Yeah, that's not a good person. You're right. <laughs> You're, yep. That's that's someone who has whose taste you don't trust. Yeah. All right. Um, we we do have food this week. Oh right, yes, we did. Do, we did do that segment. We are, because Wyndham Earl eats a fry. Yes. Or is. Seen near fries. He's got a burger and fries on his plate, and I'm pretty sure he shoves one in his mouth. I can't say I scrubbed past that moment again to be sure, but uh, anyways, 
we got ourselves potato champion because we're terrible. Also, I owe you two dollars. Sure. Um, shouts out to Potato Champion. Actually, no, I don't, because you haven't helped pay for the podcast hosting yet. Nice try. <laughs> I wasn't gonna ask you for money. Okay. Anyway, um, shouts out to Potato Champion, though. Well, shouts out to. Wait, shouts out from Potato Champion to you. To me. Well, I mean, you used to work at an adjacent cart. And so someone recognized you. I did. I did. Hi. If you're listening to our podcast now, we got the PBJ fries, which I recommend to everyone. They are an acquired taste, I think. Not, 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 sorry, not an acquired taste. I think there's, I think there are legitimate reasons for not being into it. But. Other than peanut allergies, which is a very legitimate reason. People are often pleasantly surprised. Yes. I think, I think it's something that's always going to sound like not as good of an idea. As it truly, truly is. Yes. It can be pretty good. Um, but it can still be something that you have to be in the mood for. One. Mm-hmm. Like, extremely. See, this is like my go-to order at Potato Champion. I would say I've ordered it more than I've ordered anything else at Potato Champion. It's true. Okay, fair enough. Um, but I think, like, I think some people are just like, it's totally, it's totally okay if they try it and they're just like, oh, that's gross. And then you're like, what do you mean gross? And they're just like it's sweet no. and it's french yeah. fries and yeah. it's like i guess i can see that that's but true. then if you see that person like just drizzle ketchup all over their french fries like drown their french fries in ketchup you can call that person a fucking liar yeah and that person's also drinking mad dog 2020 <laughs> <laughs> and they're watching this episode of twin peaks <laughs> on their phone and going like <laughs> the weasel bit the weasel bit dick tremaine on the nose laughing uproariously harry seems genuinely hurt and sad inside <laughs> is that Wyndham Earl? I can't tell. Oh wait, no, that's Shelly. <laughs> Silly me. Who's that person? Wyndham Earl? No, that's Annie. Damn, I can never tell when it's Wyndham Earl. I sure do miss James. <laughs> How would you rate this the fries that we just ate? Um uh four out of five pine weasels. Alright. But not, not damn good. I will say, actually, this batch is not damn good because it was it was swimming in the satay peanut sauce and the, I don't know what it is like raspberry raspberry chipotle jelly. It's always so thin though that I don't actually think of it as jelly. But yeah, that's your opinion. <laughs> well, just imagine trying to spread that jelly on a on piece of bread for a PBJ. It wouldn't work. Yeah, fair enough. It just soak in. You just have soggy jelly bread. <laughs> fair enough that's where we're at <laughs> anyway five out of five for me highly recommend potato champion if you oh, are yes. in the portland potato, area potato champion is damn fine food it's a, in fact the first place i ate at in portland that's cute yeah whenever people i like meet people who are like i'm visiting portland where should i go i want to try food carts i always tell them to go to cartopia mm-hmm. like why would you eat anything on the west side of portland if you had a choice really though really what's in the west what's on the west side of portland and if you say powell's you can get out of the face get, get that fuck out of town i went to an, an, a, a yet another small excellent like books wall-to-wall bookstore in portland because we have a ton of them and people don't talk about them do. yeah yeah and any good restaurant that's on the west side 
also has a location on the east side because that's where it started. Yeah. And then they were like, we got to get the tourist money. And I don't blame them for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And back on the subject of small bookstores with books wall to wall. It was kind of strange because there's this weird dude in the corner crying with his bottle of Jack Daniels there. And I was like, (laughs) this is strange. And the bookstore I went to was called the Bookhouse. Yay. (laughs) Ashley, where can people find you? Um... No, not no. like track you down on the internet but like interact with you or like see things that you post for public consumption on twitter at ashley brandt i've been posting and retweeting a lot about bernie sanders so i hope you're into that cool i have other podcasts too called yeah i've seen that and also the k-hole the k-hole those can be found on gonna, itunes and it's gonna rise like a phoenix out there, of this there recent are episodes Kardashian you can listen drama. to yeah what about you what is up with you matt olson uh i'm matt olson that's my name don't wear it out you can find me on twitter at matthew olson that's matthew with one t o-l-s-o-n for your edification and education just get it get it so right if you want to follow me uh i do another podcast with my friend caitlin best it's called can you get to that and it is a show where we do Wikipedia race each week. You probably heard me talk about it before if you're listening this deep into the Twin Peaks podcast. But did you know that the episode coming out for Can You Get to That is about the flat earth hypothesis? Oh, shit. Very topical. Yeah, only it's coming out about a week after everyone stopped talking about that already. So, uh Sometimes you got to let the dust settle. What you got to do is you got to actually look at what those people believe. Because we get deep into it on the episode. And uh, their explanations for how gravity works are just, oh, man. Ooh, I might I might have to check this out. You will have to check it out. Because then you start, when you hear the constituent pieces together, you're like, oh, gosh. And then the guy who <laughs> made airplanes thinks that uh so yeah that can be found on itunes can you get to that um also fuck i don't know who's listening to this at this point uh if you want to listen to a mix i made of some some quality mostly 1980s jams with some with some newer stuff sprinkled in uh you can find that on mixcloud if you search for the DJ name that was just like unceremoniously dumped on me years ago by a good friend that Ooh. I haven't bothered Ooh. replacing. Where is this going? Uh, DJ Matty Ice. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm still using it because I haven't found anything better. But yeah, if you search that on Mixcloud and then look for the release called I Bought Tractor. <laughs> I made that and... I think it turned out all right. It's a pretty fun thing that I do with what free time I do have. So When are we going to see the super cut of James's life after Twin Peaks? Oh, boy. Um, when's my next vacation? <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. But We can work on it together. We need something to do when this podcast ends. Cast. Yeah, we're running towards getting, getting close. Home stretch is very dark. You've full-on just started eating 
your french fries before the podcast is even over so it's really time to call it um but since you're otherwise preoccupied can i just step in this one time and give us a closing line yeah i hope just you have once. something fresh something fresh get out of here go <laughs> 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 <laughs>